everybody welcome to episode 11 of the visualize you show now in today's episode i'm joined by my guest jesse benson now i think you're going to get so much out of this episode because jesse is now a life coach and part-time artist but she wasn't always doing that she left her career as a physician um, in the hospital to really follow her dreams and uh, jesse shares so much wisdom about how we should be showing up and living our lives and it certainly got me thinking about how I have lived my life at certain times but also how I really aspire to live my life in the future. Jessie talks about those moments in our lives where we go against what is in our heart, what we know for sure but we go against that because somebody else tells us that it's not worthwhile or it's not worth doing that. I actually experienced that when I was a teenager, I really wanted to do uh, philosophy at college. I went to the open evening, but the tutor at the open day said, you don't want to do that. And so I thought, okay, maybe that's not what I do. And so I chose different subjects. But part of me really wishes that I've done philosophy and uh, I've read into philosophy a lot throughout my lifetime, but I really wonder where I would be if I had pursued a career in philosophy. Jessie realised she couldn't continue doing what she was doing in her role because it was making her unhappy, it wasn't fulfilling her. She just decided to try loads of different things, really put that perfectionist mindset away and just try new things out. So if you're somebody who you don't really know what your purpose or your passion is, but maybe give yourself that space to be able to try new things out, that is what Jessie did. And I was just blown away at the things that she accomplished and the things she tried during her 30s when some of these things we would probably start when we're a child like learning an instrument for example and I really resonated with with what Jessie said not because I was a perfectionist growing up but I was definitely afraid to fail and I was definitely afraid of what other people thought of me so when I was at school I never did sports day I never did house drama although I think I would have been really good at drama in fact I know that I would have been but I didn't do it because I didn't feel like I was worthy of it or I was afraid of how it would look or how other people would perceive that I didn't do sports days the only thing that I did was house music but not until I was maybe 15 16 and that's when I had the confidence to do it and those of you who know me know that I like to sing but Jessie just reminded me that there's lots of things that we don't do as a child that maybe we should have done but actually that follows through to adulthood so there may be things today that we're not trying because we have programmed our mind as a child that we shouldn't do that or we can't do that or it's not the right time to do that so I got so much from the conversation just around how Jessie approached trying new things at a later point in our lives Jessie's whole mentality when she finally did start to try out all these different things reminded me a little bit again of when I was 19. I had quit. I quit school at 16. I went to college for a couple of weeks, then I quit college. And there's a theme here. So as well as being a serial quitter of careers. I was a serial quitter of education as well and I I went back into education at 19 years old and the college I went to because I was too old for kind of sixth form colleges so I was with people that were were just coming out of school. So I was this 19 year old with other 16 year olds in the classroom and that age gap between 16 and 19 when you're a teenager is a big deal but I saw this as my opportunity to really try and and work really hard so a little bit how Jesse approaches trying new things out I completely threw myself into this new period in my life so 19 to 21 where I didn't just do my A-levels I took a night class in um, person-centered counseling I did an MVQ in IT and actually it was actually my inroad to using computers because I had quit 
the subject IT during my teens, you didn't have to do a subject that related to computers back in the early 90s. And so I chose not to do that at, at GCC level. So when I was 19, that was my first inroad to using a computer game. I did a MVQ uh, in French. I'd already done French GCC, but I decided I was going to do an MVQ in French as well. And yeah, I just, I made the most of my time in the education system and just made sure that I really took part in as much as I could and that was available to me. So I really resonated with Jessie's approach to just trying everything and seeing what sticks and just taking advantage of that time. Jessie really reminded me that life is to be enjoyed and actually we should aspire to become that person that you would want to have in your life. So we always talk about, or you'll always hear this idea of surrounding yourself with people who you aspire to be like, that that you can learn from and grow from. But actually, why would we not want to become that person ourselves? The person that loves you and champions you and supports you and is there to guide you and uh, get you through those tough times. So that really resonated with me throughout this conversation. Jessie also talks about homesteading, and this is something that I had not heard of before. So definitely stay tuned to listen to more about that. And we also talked about learning to say no when we often say yes. I think as women in particular, we say yes way too much. And uh, it's really important that we honor our boundaries and say no. And that life is too short and too beautiful not to enjoy and be ourselves. But the biggest thing that resonated with me throughout the whole of this conversation was that Jessie said, your value isn't dependent on how well you do something your value just is and i think actually had i had that advice as a teenager that my value just is if i try at swimming gala and i fail miserably if i try in-house drama and make a complete fool of myself it doesn't matter because my value is already worthwhile my value is already important and my value isn't a result of how I fail or how I succeed. It just is. So I really hope you're going to enjoy this one. I can't wait to share this with you. Also, quick reminder that the gratitude journey is now available for you to register for. All the details are in previous episodes. I think mentioned in episode nine when I did the 40 life lessons by the age of 40. Check it out. I would love you to join us. I'm steadily building up a community of people who want to spend the month of December really thinking about everyday gratitude and how we can really build ourselves up and get ready for 2021. The other thing that I want to quickly mention is that I'm going to be bringing out a 12-month coaching package for anybody who needs that support through 2021. If you are thinking about pivoting in your career and you want to spend more time getting ready to do that, if you are somebody who you want to start a business, that you want to start a side hustle or you want to take the plunge or if you have already have a business some more details coming on that but I can't wait to share with you today's episode enjoy the show Welcome to the Visualize You podcast. I'm your host, Beth Huey, and each week on the show, we will talk about how you can pivot in your career and create a business that is more in alignment with your true soul's calling. I'll bring you interviews with inspirational people who have taken that path already, so you can learn the practical skills that will help you do the same. I'll also deliver training and bring experts onto the show to help you recognize your self-worth, honor your skills, and become confident, feeling ready to pivot, package, promote, and profit from your career and life experiences.
Welcome everybody to the Visualize You show. So I'm here today with Jesse Benson. Jesse is a part life coach, part artist and part homesteader and a full-time life enjoyer. In 2014, Jessie found her brave and left life in the hospital as a physician to follow her dreams. And now as a certified life coach, Jessie helps women find their brave so that they can live a life they truly love. The Brave is Beautiful Circle is Jessie's year-long coaching program, helping women find their brave. She helps guide and support women as they develop their mastery via her signature 10 Habits of the Brave Woman. Such a privilege to have you here today, Jessie. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Beth. I'm very excited to be here. So I'd like to start the conversation really around your journey. Tell us a little bit about you, where you started out and how you came to be doing what you do today. So as you mentioned, I was a physician. I was actually an anesthesiologist and an ICU doctor for almost 10 years. And I realized about halfway through that is not where I belonged. And with that, I realized how I got there. And that was chasing approval and achievement. And so year after year, I just sought the next A, the next achievement, the next award, and it ended up in medicine. And once I realized that path wasn't ending in happiness, I realized I needed to figure out what would. And for me, that is becoming a life coach and a professional artist. And so I realized that, gave a six-month notice at the hospital, paid off my quarter-million-dollar med school debt. It's very expensive to become a doctor. Yes, yes. Took almost 10 years and gave my notice, and I was free. It's been amazing. So what led you to make that transition? What made you make that pivot at at that specific time in your life? It was really the awareness that I wasn't doing something I loved, although it's wonderful to help people, but it was very stressful. And I realized I wasn't doing something that I loved. I was doing something that adults in my life had led me to by telling me that's what a smart person does. A smart person becomes a doctor. And I remember even in high school, I wanted to be a professional photographer. And I remember telling my guidance counselor, I want to go to art school. And being a straight A student, my guidance counselor said, you'll be wasting your life. And so I listened because I cared so much about what people thought about me that I went against my own heart and I did what the adults said at the time. And that yeah. was over 10 years ago. Yeah. And, and so many of us do that, don't we, when we're in school. We don't really know where we're heading. We don't really know what it is that we want to do. But we listen to these adults that are in our life who we, we feel ahead of us and they know what they're talking about. But sometimes what we're not taught is to listen to that inner voice inside of us and actually what is that telling us so I was actually going to come on to this later on I read somewhere on your site about you working with high schoolers university uh, students so is that part of the reason why you do that what kind of work do you do with them yes so one really cool thing is I came full circle and started teaching at the college that I went to which is so neat to get my I had my same like member number student number from over 20 years ago was my employee number. It was so cool. And so I taught mostly freshmen and I taught them how to acclimate to college life. So how to study, 
how to figure out what they wanted to be in college, what they wanted to major in, and then also the skills to how to navigate becoming um, autonomous, to, to the, that mm-hmm. skill from leaving the family home, because all the freshmen live on campus, to how to navigate everything from conflict resolution, good habits, good self-care, which was so fun to teach them because it's the first time they've been out of their parents' home and they really are on their own and they need to learn those those skills. And the other thing I taught at college is leadership. And that was really cool because I got to help the students figure out their own unique leadership style. Instead of teaching them, this is how you be a leader, right. I, I I taught them to to look inward and find out what kind of leader they naturally were. And then with high school, which is something I'm just starting to do this semester, I'm teaching my book, Journey to You, and it's a self-discovery course. And so I'm teaching middle and high schoolers, like grades 7 through 12, to figure out more about who they are and what they love so they can use that on their journey. So just for our non-US listeners, so freshman is that university age? Yes. Yep. Uh, it's university and it's the first year of university. Okay. So that really pivotal part of kind of adult next steps, which is so yes. important, isn't it, on that journey? Okay. That's really cool. That's such an amazing thing to give back. And do you think that came out of the experience that you had when you were young and getting that advice? Absolutely. And I just had that insight when you were recounting it back to me that I'm the opposite of that guidance counselor that said you who I'm sure was well-meaning, who said you will be wasting your life if you become a photographer, you need to go to medical school. Now I'm the opposite voice. I'm the what do you really love? What are you drawn to? To find that balance between what they love and also practical so that yes, they can support themselves, but they're also doing it by following something that they truly love. So you were a physician. How did you find the thing that you were supposed to do? So you talked about like your paintings. How did you find that painting and was going to be your thing as well as life coaching? Yes, which are two things I love so much. So how I came into art, I had loved art my whole life, but I was a perfectionist and I was so afraid to fail that I would not try making art because I thought that it wouldn't be good enough and I thought that it would get rejected if people saw it. So in about 2010, when I finally worked through that perfectionism, the world opened up to me and I tried every kind of art that I could. I tried all kinds of music. I became a cellist and how oh, I- So you didn't was, play cello before this time? No, I, I became a cellist in my thirties. No, I wouldn't try anything. I wouldn't try sports. I literally only did school and then my job. That was it. Yeah. I didn't want to do anything. So I was so afraid to fail. And so when I started my art journey, I tried all the different styles of art. I tried like all the different tools that I tried to acrylic and oil painting and then I got to what I do now because I saw an artist at an art show who made art out of beeswax and I didn't know what it was and she explained it to me so I went and bought all the supplies and started making it and I loved it I loved working with the beeswax and then in 2013 the inspiration for my original technique came to me where I actually draw into the wax with a fine tipped metal tool and oil paint it and I call them my beeswax and oil paints and that's what I've been making and selling since wow so it's a complete yeah. transition. So you really leaned into that. So is it, were you still working at this this point in time? Okay. Yes. 
I, I started making art in around 2011, and then I left medicine in 14. And one of the reasons why I left medicine was because I didn't have time to do these new things I was falling in love with. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to leave my cello. I didn't want to leave my art studio and go work 60 hours and work weekends and unpredictable nights. I just wanted to be home doing the things I love. And so that's when I realized I really needed to leave medicine. And that's when I found life coaching. I read an article about the career. I didn't know about it. And I realized I was already a life coach for the people in my life. I just wasn't doing it professionally. Uh And so I signed up for school and that, and then gave my notice. So were you making income at all? So you, did you completely finish and then just started next day or did you transition into it? I gave my notice July Uh 4th weekend. And then I started coaching school in November. And my last shift in the hospital was Christmas night. I brought my cello and played cello for the patients and the employees. It was really fun. Yeah. So I just, that was my last night being a physician. And then in 15, that's when life was getting so cool. I went to India on a meditation because I also became a yoga meditation teacher. So 15, my first post-medicine year, I went to India on a meditation trip. Then I started yoga teacher training, meditation teacher training, and continued my life coach school. So 15 was a big year of new trainings for Uh me. And then in October, I left on an eight-month RV trip of the U.S. hiking in all the parks. So it it went from working in the hospital like 60 hours a week to this incredible life of exploration. And it hasn't stopped since. There must have been some mindset shifts going on. Yeah. Because you can't most people couldn't just, right, I'm going to have my notice in tomorrow and then I'm going to go do this. So there must have been something. Can you talk us a little bit about how that happened? Absolutely. For me, I had the formula in my brain that my, that my value, my innate value as a being, as a human, mm-hmm. was completely dependent on how much I could succeed. And for me, that meant succeeding academically and professionally. Right. And as long as I had that belief, I was never going to stop this path of achievement. And so through reading books like Eckhart Tolle and some other authors, I really realized that's not where my value comes from. I read some self-esteem books, personal growth books, and I I broke that equation. I realized that my value is not dependent on how well I can do things. My value just is. I just am a human. I have value because I'm alive, because all humans have value. I didn't think that about other people. I only thought it about me, that I have to be good, do well to be good. And once I broke that equation in my brain through a lot of reading of books, then the world was open to me. Then I could pursue what I loved instead of what I thought that I would strictly be good at. So that took time. It took, it was several years of reading books and several years of challenging that belief before it finally broke in my mindset. And I had to keep reminding myself it wasn't just overnight. Early on, when I would start to get in that self-judgment mindset and, and start to believe I'm not doing this perfectly, so I'm therefore not good, which would put me in a state of fear and not wanting to try anything. I had to remind myself that's not true. I have value strictly because I do. Everyone does. Yeah. And so that's how it happened. Are you starting or thinking about starting a new WordPress site for your new business and you are not sure which theme to pick? 
for the best. Check out the Brizzy theme. With no coding skills required, no web design experience, the innovative visual builder empowers users to create awesome modern websites. It is so easy to use, it's packed with templates that are fully customizable. You can also create pop-ups and lead capture pages with complete ease. It's amazing. I use it on all of my websites and when it's starting at just $49 for the pro version, what's not to love? Check them out at visualizeyou.com forward slash brizzy. So over that journey then, over that period of time, can you identify some of the life lessons or one main life lesson that you would feel really shone out for you during that period? A major, major lesson is that life is meant to be enjoyed. Mm -hmm. I didn't even... I didn't even have that as an expectation in my life that it's this beautiful thing to be enjoyed. And without that, life wasn't fun. It, it wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't excited to wake up. And once I realized life is a playground, it's a beautiful thing to be a part of. And once I changed my mindset to that, life just became every day is beautiful. Whatever I'm doing, it doesn't matter. I'm doing the dishes. I'm sweeping the floor. I'm making art. I'm talking with you. It's all beautiful. So that lesson that life is to be enjoyed, it really reframed every choice I made. And so now do you ha- is there a balance between your life coaching and, uh, and your artwork? Yes, I, I do both. And so the predominance of it's maybe it's maybe 25 percent art these days and 75 percent coaching. It will waver which one if art is just a little bit more like, for instance, I have a show coming up. And so I'm spending more time on my art, getting all those pieces right. ready for the show. But in general, it's probably 25 art, 75 coaching because I make my art and I sell most of it in galleries. So I make it get it to the gallery and then they take care of it from that point on yeah so anybody who's maybe thinking about being an artist or starting off on that journey would the galleries be the play, the way to go or do you have any e-commerce stores how do you promote your artwork you can absolutely do both so what i very first recommend is making some pieces and then um, putting them in a few shows like one or two pieces mm-hmm. so if in your community there's a community art center or there's a school that, that's giving a, an opportunity for people to hang their work start small just hang it just to get used to the idea of, of showing your art publicly and then once you feel comfortable with that you can start selling it online i sell mine on my website but other people have an etsy shop shop for instance and then as far as galleries read about that online because in general galleries do not like it for people just to bring their work in and just (laughs) say because they're busy it's like their job so I recommend researching if if there's a gallery you think you want to be in research the gallery see what's their process for for considering new artists yeah with your artwork and your life coaching do, do you have clients that overlap in both areas Yes, okay. I, I do sometimes attract creatives like uh-huh. folks. I, I very recently was coaching an author who was in writer's block and helping her through that. And I'm, I'm coaching another author who has finished her book and she's she's in the stage of getting it ready to go out into the world. And another client who just wants to who is afraid like I was to try art. And so I'm coaching her into exploring art. So, yes, absolutely. I do attract clients who art is a part of their life, a part of their journey. But a lot of them, it's not. A lot of them, it's they're not they don't consider themselves artists. And I we work on other things like their job or their relationship. Sure. And mm. so do you feel like there's been something that's been calling you 
and how that links from being in a very different career to what you are now were the things that link those two journeys together so what i realized that i am becoming the like the person that the person i wish i had in my life I, I realized that maybe six months ago, I thought, wow, like that person that I always wished I had that encouraged me, that believed in me, that liked me just the way I was, I'm becoming that person. And I am sharing that as a coach. And so in my, in my coaching, that's what I do for people. And that is because that's what I wanted. That was the thing I wanted was for someone to support me and guide me to be who I was meant to be, uh-huh. not to be who they thought I should be. So yes, those breadcrumbs were the desire in me to have that person. And then we all have our skills and experiences that we amass over the journey of our careers. And one of the things I'm really wanting to help our listeners here is in themselves is that we all have these experiences and we, we should be proud to shout about those. So I like to call them kind of superpowers, but is there something that you'd be willing to blow your own trumpet a little bit and, and share with us in terms of what you think your superpowers are? Absolutely. My superpower is listening. Mm-hmm. I I just love listening. I love listening to people. And when I listen I'm nowhere else. And I realized recently that I listen because I truly want to understand them. And then by understanding them, I help them understand themselves. I'm not trying to help them understand themselves. I'm trying to understand them. And just by the questions I ask, they develop a deeper understanding of themselves as they get to know themselves better through me getting to know them. So that is definitely one of my superpowers. And I think another superpower is my ability to enjoy life, to just go all at it, just whether no matter what I'm doing, I was paddling yesterday and swimming and I just let everything go and I was there. And then when I'm here with you, everything is gone and it's just you and me so to really be able to be present so that I can really enjoy life so as you were going through trying out all these different techniques and arts and finding your music do do you still approach life in that way or has that kind of slowed down a little bit are you still picking up brand new things all the time or do you think that will ever go away (laughs) yes I still am I I don't think it's not at the speed that it was when my perfection, I broke free from perfectionism and I was just like any instrument, any piece of art. I just want it all. I was very much in an intense phase of exploration at that time. Now I still love, I love to learn. So for instance, right now it's kitchen, being in the kitchen. I love to cook. I have a garden. I cook for my garden and I love to bake. And so I've been exploring pizza. And so I have four different pizza recipes dough recipes I've been making and fine-tuning each one and so I absolutely love exploring and learning and I don't think that's ever going to go away no matter what is happening in my life I'm always going to want to be growing so yes it is still there in a very big way yeah and so in your bio you talk about part homesteader is that part of that then what does that yes. mean tell our listeners what that yes, means. yes oh my gosh I love homesteading so homesteading is essentially 
the desire and the intention to try to do as much for yourself as you can. And I actually call myself a hybrid homesteader because I still go to the grocery store and get things. I still order things online as opposed to like fully cooking my own, growing and cooking my own food. But I built my own house. So my cousin is a builder and he, I designed my own home and he led the whole project. He's a contractor, but I helped. I just did so much labor. Like when I say help, I mean Mm -hmm. labor, like digging ditches, staining the siding on the house, putting up, raising the walls, putting up the roof, like really, yes, I had, and I didn't know how to do any of it. So that's another thing I learned. I learned building code. I learned what are the rules for how to build a house. And I learned those (laughs) and I got my permit for my house. And so homesteading is basically doing as much for you can as yourself as you can. And it's different for everybody. Someone in an apartment, it can be growing plants on your patio. But for me, it's house building, growing and baking. I love that. I never knew that was a thing. I shall have to find out more about that. (laughs) So as entrepreneurs, we all have a platform of choice or a particular strategy that will help us to share who we are and our messages with the world. Is there something that's really working for you right now in terms of growing your business that you could share with our listeners? Mm -hmm. Definitely, I follow the philosophy of sharing value. So I do a lot, for instance, that um, teaching that I'm doing at the school, the high school right now that's starting soon, that's volunteer work. And I do that because they, it's a nonprofit school and a private school and they need help. And so I do a lot of sharing my skills, my coaching skills. And from that I grow. And then from that, I connect with people who would like to take it to a different level and work with me on a different level. So I definitely follow that model of sharing what I have to offer. And the other thing that I do is I've really connected with this idea of the brave woman and really everything that I am and that I've gone through my journey has culminated in the bravest, beautiful circle that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And so it's really cool to bring it all together into one place for my whole life to come, all my gifts, all my offerings into one place. And so that's the other thing I'm doing is bringing all the areas, bringing the art in, bringing the baking in, bringing the homesteading in, bringing in all into this program to inspire other women to find their brave and to build their dream life. So just tell us more about that circle then. So what can somebody expect to get out of that program? What does that look like for them? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is so cool. I, I like. I designed the program. Like ten, I mentioned ten years ago when I was reading books and trying to figure out how to break free from perfectionism and fear of failure. And this is the program that would have fast forwarded me to, to that. Yeah. And taught me that it's to have fun. And so what it is, it's a one-year program for women, and it's a small program. I I will enroll 10 women at a time, four times throughout the year. And in that, I will teach the 10 habits of a brave woman that, that you mentioned. So I will teach, like, for instance, one of them is brave boundaries. A brave woman says no when she wants to. So I'll do a lot of work on why we say yes when we really want to say no and the skill of how to start saying no in a loving way but in a firm way 
So I teach those 10 habits on uh, how to show up authentically in a relationship, like a brave relationships. And I do that with lessons every week in, in a um, one-to-one coaching and a lot of group coaching. So the whole, the whole group of women work together to support each other. So they're not just getting support from me. They're becoming yeah. a part of this community of women that yeah. all want to find their brave. And just being able to say no is so empowering, isn't it? We, we, I think as women, especially, we, we tend to say yes a lot when really we should be honoring our boundaries and, and supporting ourselves. Absolutely. And because we're afraid to lose relationships, mm-hmm. we're afraid to lose approval. And there is a way to find that balance where we can still be authentic and still have high quality relationships. And I help women find that balance. What's next for you then? You've obviously taught, you've got your art, you've got your life coaching, you've got your course. What do you visualize for yourself in the future? So I definitely want to grow the Bravest Beautiful Circle. That's a new project. And the first enrollment is October and the first circle will start November. So that's, that has a lot of my focus right now. Mm-hmm. And then another thing is to just keep fine tuning my own work, to keep being that person who follows her brave, who isn't afraid to expand her comfort zone, to keep living the, the teaching So that's what I want to do is to just keep on growing on my own journey so I have more to share with the people I work with. I I often find that actually when we learn something and then when we are vulnerable enough to share that and teach that to somebody else, I feel those authentic connections come a lot easier because people can really resonate with that. Mm -hmm. So it's really nice to hear that's something that you approach as well in the work that you Mm do. Yes, I've been there. Like I have been there. I've been that person who says yes when no part of me wanted to say yes. And I know why I did it. And so I've been the person who didn't take care of myself, that sacrificed my health for my job, for the approval of my employers. And and yes, I've been there. I've walked that. I've made all the mistakes. (laughs) I've done it. and, And I just love helping others just rise to the person that they're capable of being. Is there anything that you would want the listeners today to take away? Anything that you, you feel would resonate with them? Yes, that this life is so short and so beautiful to really be yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, life is to be enjoyed and we can enjoy it best when we are truly who we are and do what we love with the people we love, where we love and start today, start today, because life goes by so quickly and it's so much better when you're you. And have lots of fun like you did. Yes, yes, (laughs) it's way more fun when you're you, (laughs) definitely. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm sure our listeners have, have learned so much from your inspiring story. Where can people find out more about you and the work that you do? Mm-hmm. Just in general, they can go to my name, jessiebenson.com, find out about my coaching. And then the circle, they can go to www.braveisbeautifulcircle.com. And my art, Jesse Benson Fine Art. Lovely. And I'll put all those links in the show notes for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Beth. All right, my friends, I hope you've enjoyed today's show. I have some freebies waiting for you over on my site at visualizeyou.com that are going to help you get started on your career pivot. I'm offering you not one, but two business and career downloadable affirmation audios, a guide to journaling and a ton of affirmation scripts. You can choose what you like or simply devour them all. 
If you've always wanted to master the art of creative visualization, check out my signature course, The Visualization Vault. It's self-paced, comes with a loving community, and you'll learn how to release resistance and creatively visualize your best life and business. With exercises, affirmations, meditations, and more, head to visualizeyou.com forward slash vault and get the course at my new podcast listener rate. Check out the show notes for all the links. Okay, so that's all for today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any aha moments, tag me in your social media stories and please leave me a review on iTunes. It'll really help me out. Until next time, remember to visualize you.